0: you are listening to episode 16 of the STEM space. Are you confused by all the ways we're supposed to teach STEM? Are the different methods just fads or are they legit? You might be surprised by some trends in the series we are starting today. Want to know our first education myth? Well, I'll just let you listen to my confusion when introduced to today's topic. Are we starting with our myth busting? Yeah. woohoo! I'm I'm excited about this. Learning styles. Oh, so which, are we starting with one in particular? Learning styles. Learning styles. Yes. Oh, that's like the, it's a broad that's the thing about learning styles. Yep. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> Welcome to the STEM space, hosted by Vivify co-founders, Claire and Natasha. Two aerospace engineers turned educators, sharing our passion for all things STEM. Check us
1: out at vivifystem.com. So I'm really excited about today's episode because we've been talking a lot about these learning theories, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And now we're the part of the course where it's time to debunk some popular learning strategies or teaching strategies, things that teachers around the world are doing that they think is research-based, probably because some you know, rich consultant person came into their school and told them to do it during a professional development. (laughs) But a lot of times those things are wrong and they're not based in research. And this one today is a big one. It's something that 90% of teachers believe is true. 90%. Oh man. Yeah. Okay. So you're going
0: to be convicting me of something.
1: So we're probably going to upset all of our listeners <laughs> with this one. But it was fascinating to hear about the evolution of how it came to be, and why we believe it, and then why it's not true. So what I'm talking about is the idea of learning styles. Do you know what those are? Learning
0: styles. I, I don't know.
1: So you've probably taken a survey when you're a kid to see if you're an Auditory learner, a visual learner. There's even the musical or kinesthetic learner, a logical or mathematical learner. Yes. You know, so
0: I'm told that I'm a visual learner, and so that's like what, what I even tell people when they're talking to me about something. I'm like, well, can you show me? Because I'm a visual learner. Are you telling me that that's wrong? Yes. <laughs>
1: What? So, t- teachers really want to believe that they can support every student and all the students have unique learning styles and so they're going to do whatever they can to support every kid and there's nothing wrong with that. But The problem is that this idea of learning styles and trying to modify your curriculum to fit your auditory learners, so having something that you just hear and then people like you that are visual learners, something that they just see, it's a lot of work, right? Yeah. And so if I can debunk this one, it might actually <laughs> make your life easier as an educator because the bottom line is it depends on the content. So whenever you went to someone and were asking for directions and they're sh- telling you go left and then go down there and you're right and you're like, no, 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 I'm a visual learner and they drew you a map, right? Yes. And so that made it a lot easier. Well, that would actually make it easier for all learners, regardless of whether they think they're an auditory learner or not. It depends on the content and there's been study after study proving that just because you think if you hear something you'll learn it better there is no evidence of that so they had a study where they found that students that preferred to learn visually thought they would remember pictures better and then those who preferred to learn verbally thought they'd remember words better but then they found no correlation so whenever you were read the words versus whenever you saw the pictures it didn't change how much you recalled. Your learning style actually had no impact on the recall of the item. And this has been proven over and over again, but teachers still hold on to this idea of learning styles.
0: You're blowing my mind right now. Okay, so (laughs) if it depends upon the content, you're saying that when we develop curriculum and we are presenting some sort of information, we should just figure out what?
1: Good question. So let's give some examples and this might help it make more sense. So let's say I'm trying to teach you about birds and the different features of birds. It's going to be easier if I show you some pictures, right? Yeah. But if I want to teach you about the different sounds that birds make, obviously I'm going to play you those sounds, right? Right. There isn't a funny article that came out in The Onion and it says, Parents of nasal learners demand odor-based curriculum. <laughs> so kind of making fun of this idea of learning styles. Because if we really think about it, what we teach should dictate how we teach it. And I'm not saying that students don't have different abilities. So some might be better at this, uh, these visual cues and be able to interpret a map, for example or they might have better listening skills. So when we do a lecture, some students will get more out of it because they've developed those abilities. But it all comes down to how to best teach the material. So in science, we talked about this earlier, concrete experiences, something hands-on, physical, you're in the environment, you're experiencing that phenomena, that's what's gonna teach the kids the best. Just because a kid thinks they should just hear about it is not gonna teach them about volcanoes (laughs) any better than if they were to go experience a volcano in person, right? Right. That's what we're we're getting to is that the content should just drive what you teach and you kind of need to let go of this idea because there's actually been evidence showing that it's detrimental to students. So those that think that they would do better with the auditory and you're only giving them the audio, they're not learning as well because they're missing out on this rich context that a picture can provide or a video or a hands-on experience because can you imagine being in a classroom and some of those kinesthetic learners are doing the lab they're over there doing the hands-on part and then you have some kids that are just listening to like an audio tape and then some kids that are looking at pictures that just sounds crazy right that doesn't make any sense but that's what we're saying with learning styles is that each kid only learns in a certain way and that's biological and that's not true we really, again, need to think about what is it we're teaching and how can we teach it in a way that makes sense based on what that material is. And some kids will be better, you know, with different strategies because those are abilities that they've learned. They might have some natural abilities, but that does not, should not dictate how we teach the subject. Got it. So convinced yet? I am.
0: I'm still wondering though, some things that may just be innate to maybe like the way kids learn. We've talked about the developmental aspect of the way that kids learn. And that makes me think about the kinesthetic learning style. You know, we say that kids will learn, certain kids will learn better if they're moving while they're doing it. Is that something that maybe just all little children need to move to be engaged and will learn content better, not just certain ones?
1: Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's so there's another um, learning fad that we can get into later. That it's about brain gym, where you need to be physically moving to activate your brain in order to learn something. Hmm. What we find, and this is actually the latest learning theory, was social learning theory, and it talks about these external motivators. So kids look learn better when they're motivated. Like that seems obvious, right? Right. Whenever they're awake, when they're invested in the task, when they are confident in their abilities, all of these things impact the way a student learns. So just because you have the perfect lesson plan, that's following that constructivist learning style, right? You've got the appropriate content that's developmentally appropriate. It's concrete. It's hands-on. The kid's still not learning. Well, maybe they just don't care, (laughs) and they're more interested in the other kid across the room that's making fun of them, or they had a really hard day at home. Like, There's all these other things that come into the classroom, and we unfortunately as a teacher have to balance it all and do the best we can to reach our students. And so when we think about learning styles, and you mentioned like this kinesthetic wanting to move, well, maybe that just gets our kids motivated and excited. When we show a dramatic video in our STEM program, they now are invested and want to be part of it. And so that's going back to that five-year learning cycle where we engage the kids and we get them motivated. That's so important.
0: Yeah, that makes total sense. And just I just did a quick Google search on learning styles, and I am just overwhelmed with the amount of infographics and all these studies, like fake studies, I guess, or not properly conducted studies that talk about the different learning styles and the ways that kids are supposed to learn. This one seems to contradict itself because it says 100% of students benefit when they encounter information in multiple forms. Like, well, yeah, I bet they do, Exactly, but that (laughs) doesn't mean that you should tailor each lesson to the different types of learners. You should just expose them lots of ways and lots of times to information, they're gonna learn it better. That should be obvious. And so so
1: what teachers think is working when they're changing the representations and they're doing something visual and then audio and so on, those kids are getting exposed to these things multiple times, that's reinforcing this concept and they get it. It's not because a quarter of the class got it the first time and then another quarter. And I don't have the statistic, but most students actually identify as visual. That's the majority of students. I would also consider myself visual. I like to see things and that just makes sense because we think in pictures and that really helps us. But again, depends on what we're trying to learn. If I am trying to learn how to speak in a Spanish accent, I don't think a picture is <laughs> going to help me. <laughs> it just comes back to the content.
0: Great points. Okay, well, you just rocked my world, but in a way that seems kind of obvious now. So Right,
1: but I just felt like that article from the onion just kind of summarized it so well like this funny idea of like having odor based curriculum well obviously we wouldn't do that (laughs) okay so
0: i just found this article while i was googling these learning styles and this apparently comes from some study that was done or published in the year 2000 it's called the done and done model and it shows Well, it looks like a brain and all these sections of it that talk about these learning style preferences from, oh, it's from 1993 with verbal, tactile or kinesthetic, visual or auditory. And then has different branches that come off of it that relate to those different things. So here are, according to this model, tips for teaching following done and done. One, encourage your students to be aware of their environment. Two, if they are sensitive to temperature, encourage them to bring a jacket. Three, what? have them find places that are comfortable to study. Four, okay. make tasks relevant and provide clear directions. That should always be the case, right? Yeah. Very grouping and be aware of student group preferences. So you should segregate your class depending on their learning style preference, I guess. Ooh. Vary your methods of teaching and student output. Give them choices when appropriate so they can produce their homework uh, auditorily, verbally. Maybe they can act it out with kinesthetics. And with you know what's options. interesting
1: about that? Mm-hmm. That's because they're motivated. So self-choice is very much a driver of motivation. And that makes perfect sense. So they're not picking it because that's how they learn better. That's, they just are excited to get to pick. Yeah. Oh that yeah, I like that.
0: Approach, reteach using different methods than ones used the first go around. So this is what we talked about about the more you teach something, the more they're going to understand it, not just reaching different people. Okay. And then the last one honor students' psychological approaches to working if the strategy is successful. So I guess we're reinforcing their preferences. Exactly. Okay.
1: And Mm. that's interesting because one of the studies I saw, again, it's about motivation. So a kid that's like, I'm, I'm a very much like visual and they're, you know, studying, but they're like watching a football game at the same time. They're not going to learn anything. It's Mm. those that are dedicated and focused and whatever method they choose, whatever preference they have. And we shouldn't, you know, confuse preference with the learning ability. Those are very different just because I prefer to do something a certain way, maybe it's because my parents did it that way or I have a favorite teacher that taught it that way. There's all, we're complicated people. (laughs) There's a lot that impacts us. But again, the research shows that it depends on the content and what that person is saying. If you teach it multiple times, they'll more likely to get it. Well, yes, obviously.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's a perfect distinction to make. So awesome.
1: And so I just encourage teachers to think again about what is it they're trying to teach, how can they teach in a way that's developmentally appropriate, so something that the students can grasp, but in a way that's hands-on and concrete, and then you scaffold the instructions, so you build up on what they know, And you give them the support that they need to get to that final understanding while also considering any misconceptions those kids come into the classroom with. And then all the other factors of, you know, what's going on in their life. Are they motivated? Do they have the confidence in your classroom? There's just so many things that as teachers we have to balance. And adding in this idea of learning styles just makes our job harder for no reason. And if you feel overwhelmed in trying to adapt your curriculum to all these different ways that supposedly students learn, just stop. It's making your job harder. And I'm wondering if it's coming from the top and there's people that are paying, you know, good money to have these professional development trainings and they're probably getting rich off of all that training and all those articles that you found that have no research backing, right? Mm-hmm. It's coming from somewhere. And I'm curious to see, you know, where, what keeps pushing this forward that again, 90% of teachers think this is accurate is just like mind blowing. And once you start digging into the science, you're like, well, wow, this makes no sense. Like, why would I even be doing this? No
0: kidding. Yeah. That really clears things up and does take a lot of weight off of how we should be teaching. So I'm excited to dive more into this series on things that we can debunk in learning. Can you give us a sneak peek on the next one?
1: Yes, so the next one we'll cover is something called left brain, right brain, where some students are supposedly left brain dominant versus others right brain dominant. This is very similar to learning styles in that students have this individual way of learning, but it's a slightly different Approach with some very interesting origins um, on how it came about. So I'm excited to dive into it. Awesome. We'll see you next time.